0: Listen, we've been studying through the book of Revelation. We're in Revelation chapter 5, so if you've got your Bibles, open up, and we're going to kind of begin in that area. Last week, we were in chapter 4, and we looked at the throne room, that everything kind of focused on the throne today. We're going to kind of focus in. We're still in the throne room, but today, our, our focal point, our central point, what our eyes are drawn to uh, is the scroll. There's a scroll that we're gonna be looking at and and an examining there. And today is really all about hope and authority. Who has the authority to bring hope to us? And today, as we're talking about the lion and the lamb, we're gonna see uh, kind of a juxtaposition, and it's, uh, they're not against one another, but you, all, you have the justice and the love of God that come together, and they meet at the throne in the lion and the lamb, and in the midst of that, you're going to see three things. That's my hope. You're going to see three things. So if you're taking some notes, I want you to write this down so that you can follow along. I try to give you a roadmap each week. So the very first thing that we're going to talk about, uh, our very first point is, is that there is, we are hopeless without Christ. We're hopeless without Christ. The second point is, is that there is hope in Christ. And when we, number three, have hope in Christ, it, it helps us to be able to, points us toward the worship of Christ. So with that, I'm going to start reading in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. And uh, I want to say how incredible it is that during our worship time, we read this entire chapter. I love when we read the Word of God during our worship time. So Zion, thank you, you and Kelly, for leading us in that. We're going to continue on in that. We're going to go back through it again. Verses 1 through 4. Then I saw... This remember, this is John the Apostle writing. He says, "Then I saw in the right hand of him, who was seated on the throne, a scroll, a scroll. He wants our eyes to see that, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals?" And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep. John says, and I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. I wonder how long they had to wait. How long did they stand there and wonder who's going to open the scroll? Who's going to do that? Says that no one was able to find it, and John, in John, chapter, or excuse me, in chapter four, John was told, "Hey, come up here. I'm going to pull the curtain back. I want to give you a scene. I want you to be able to see behind the curtain a little bit." My language. Uh, be able to see so that it gives you a different perspective of what it is that you're facing today. With all the things that you face, John, all the things that's going on with the churches, I'm going to give you a picture, give you a perspective, the persecution, the, 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 the prisons, the, the martyrdom that's happening. I want to give you a picture so that you're able to have hope and you're able to stand strong. Folks, that's what we get to see also is that we have hope. Well, chapter five turns, as I said, and now we're still in the throne. Room, but we're not looking at the throne, we're looking at the one who was seated on the throne. Specifically, we're looking at his right hand and what's in his right hand. John says that he looked at it and he saw that there was a scroll in it. Now, last week I had a young man come up to me uh, and and ask me this question. He says, In scripture, you hear things talked about the right hand of someone a lot. Is that significant? And I said, very, very astute, good thing. The right hand in Scripture, remember, there's a lot of symbolism here. The right hand signifies authority. It symbolizes power. So in the right hand of God, now remember, this is a lot of symbolism because God is spirit. No one's seen God. You're, you're, you're getting a symbol that he's saying, listen, in his right hand was a scroll that was written. He said it was written on the front and on the back. Now, some folks have thought that this scroll is like the Lamb's book of life. I don't think that it's the Lamb's book of life here, okay? And the reason I say that, in the coming weeks, you're going to see in Revelation chapter 13, if you're taking notes, this would be good things to write down. So you can go and look at it. Revelation 13, Revelation 17, Revelation 21, you're going to hear about the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Uh, What I think this points to is the visions in the Old Testament of the prophets, Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah. I think that's what you're going to begin to see here. Because in Ezekiel chapter 2, excuse me, in Daniel, I think it's Daniel 12. In Daniel chapter 12, Daniel talks about uh, some Some different things. He talks about these visions. He talks about these events that are going to happen. And at the end of Daniel chapter twelve, it says, "Seal the book up till the end of time." Now, book and scroll could be used interchangeably there. Says, "Seal it up to the end of time." Ezekiel chapter two talks about a scroll that they saw that was written on the front and the back. Ezekiel says, he said, talks about it, and he says it's full of lamentations, of wailings, of upsetting things. I think this is a very clear picture personally. I think this is what you're going to begin to see. In fact, next week in chapter 6, uh, this isn't like a promo. This isn't like a, a seeker-sensitive promo here. Next week, we go to the judgments, all right? Listen. So, we're going to start talking about the judgments of what I think this scroll says in, in next week as we begin in chapter 6. So, I think what we're, what we're beginning to see here is there's one on the throne in his right hand is a scroll, written on the front and the back. It had seven seals. It's full of judgments that we're going to see. Now, in that, day, in that day, it was not uncommon for a Roman will, a will. You know what I'm talking about? After one has died, a will to be written on. And that will would have, uh, would have seals that are put on it. They would take wax. Many of you, if you've ever been in a real high-end uh, uh, like uh, stationery store, you can still buy some wax today that you heat, drop it on a letter, and they have like these little presses that usually it has a uh, it has an initial on it, and it puts a it puts a an impression on that wax that says this is really who this is from. If you know who has that seal, that's what's happening here. Those wills in the Roman world would have been written on front and the back, they would have been sealed, they would have been. They would have been authenticated by seven different people to watch it. And the only way that will would be executed was at the death of the one who wrote it. Do you see the symbolism that's happening here? Do you remember remember what the number seven is all about in Scripture? It's about complete. It's about wholeness. It's about the fullness. And I think what we're seeing here is God on the throne in his right hand is the, the, the judgments that's going to be passed, and it is full and complete, it's written, and it is here. This is, the, this is, this is the, the plan of salvation. This is the redemption. This is the judgment. All rolled up, it's done. It's been written. Here it is. And the, the Scripture says there's a strong angel that steps forward, and he begins to call out, Who is worthy to come and open the scroll? Who's going to break the seals? And no one. The Scripture says no one in heaven, on earth, or under earth, anywhere. No one was worthy. And what does John begin to do here? It said that he began to weep. John says, I began to weep loudly. Now listen, in these days, in the Hebrew world, in the Israelite world, when someone would die... Uh, many times, not just the families would be upset, but they would begin to bring in professional mourners. They would bring in people who they kind of like the ones uh, who would uh, show up at a funeral. They were paid in many instances, and they would weep and, ma- weep and wail and mourn with the family. Now, when this word weep here is used in the original language, it doesn't just mean like one little tear. It means, like, distraught. It means, like, John is uncontrollably crying, tears, weeping. And he says, who is worthy? No one's worthy. And he is so upset because he's going, wait a minute, wait a minute. If there's no one worthy, then everything, then then life must be hopeless. Life must be hopeless, see, John is facing what John's facing. Do you remember where John is in this? He's on an island in Patmos. He's been exiled. He's been suffering. He's been dipped in a pot of boiling water. The people he's on the bishop over in all of these churches, they're being executed. Listen, they haven't bowed the knee. I keep going back to this. They haven't bowed the knee to Roman emperor worship. They're losing their jobs. They, they literally don't have a way to work and buy meat. They're scrounging for bread. They're losing their, they're, they're losing their incomes. They're losing their place in society. Uh, they're, they're becoming impoverished. They're being martyred for their faith. They won't bow the knee. They're being dipped in hot oil and tar and used as, as uh, human torches. They're being fed to lions. All of this is happening, and John is saying, wait a minute, there's no one that can open the scroll to execute the judgments of God because John was a smart man. John knew the word. He would have known Isaiah and Ezekiel. He would have known uh, Daniel. He would have known these things. He would have seen that scroll, and I, I think I know what that is. I think I know what that is, and there's no one, there's no one that can that that can handle this, and he's weeping loudly. Folks, in our world today, in the world in which we're living, in the world in which we're living today, some of you are facing some horrible things. You're facing the destruction of a family. You're facing addiction. You're facing jobs that feel like they're, they're, they're upside down. I could be losing my job. If you're a student in here, you're trying, you, you may feel like, man, I'm trying to live for Christ. I'm, I feel like I'm swimming upstream. I'm like a salmon swimming upstream. You, 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 some of you, you're facing things that are unimaginable right now. There's death that's happened in your family. And at night, you may be laying in your bed literally like weeping and your pillow is wet. God, are you there? God, what is going on? Uh, You've got children that are off the rails. What? God, I've tried to live for you. What's happening, God? What's happening? I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. There is hope today in Jesus Christ, in what you're facing I want you to know that if without Jesus, it's hopeless. But I want you to know that there is true hope in Jesus because John recognized this. John recognized if no one is worthy to open this scroll, then this life's just gonna keep going on. These things are gonna keep happening. People are gonna be dying. We're we're not gonna be eating. I'm gonna stay stuck on this island. No one is gonna be able to open the scroll and bring the inheritance For the believers, this is not going to end. It appears hopeless. Folks, I want you to know there's hope today. There is hope today. Look what the scripture tells us here in Revelation chapter five. There's hope in Jesus. Revelation five, beginning in verse five, verse five through seven. Notice what he says here. He says, and one of the elders said to me, I want you to catch this. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, and which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne." Now, I want you to remember this, all right? I want you to remember. Here's John. He's facing this. No one is worthy. No, no one. They can't find anyone to go and take the scroll. And one of the elders steps up, and he says, weep no more. Behold Jesus Christ. Weep no more. Stop crying. Behold Jesus. Behold, look what he says. Behold the lamb, uh, excuse me, the lion of the tribe of Judah, He says, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. In your reading this past week, I hope you've been reading along with us. If you haven't been joining in on the reading, maybe you feel like, man, I've missed three, four, five days. I'm behind. I I just don't know if I can catch up. Start tomorrow. Don't go try to catch up. Start tomorrow and jump in here. Because again, the goal's not just checking a box It's about reading the Word of God. So you join with us. This past week in Genesis 49, Jacob is on his deathbed. He calls in all the brothers, the sons of Israel. He calls them all in and he begins to bless them. Genesis 49 is the blessings that he gives. And he calls Judah and he says, Judah, you're a young lion cub, but there's going to be one who comes from you. Jesus is the one who has come from him. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the the divine conqueror. He's the one that has conquered sin and hell and death and the grave. He's the one who has done that. Listen, we love to think about the grace of God and what has been given to us, but we don't fully, we can't fully appreciate the grace of God until we understand how desperately wicked we have been and that it took the death of the lion of the tribe of Judah to secure our freedom, the penalty. He paid the penalty of my sin and your sin. He paid that so that we might have a right relationship again with God the Father. Listen, God's justice demands that we don't have to worry about vengeance anymore As a follower of Jesus Christ, some of you in here, you're wanting to get back with somebody because they have hurt you so bad. It could be an ex-husband, it could be an ex-wife, it could be a child, it could be an in-law, it could be a boss, it could be a mom, it could be a dad. I want you to hear this. It's all gonna be taken care of one day because Jesus has conquered. He is the one, he's the one who will right every wrong Why? Because he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will conquer. He has conquered. He has conquered. The scripture says that he's the root of David. That's Isaiah chapter 11. That would be writing down, Isaiah chapter 11, so that you can go back. Listen, he's the root of David? Yes, that means he was before David. He's the one who created David. He's the one that set David up. He's the root of David. Notice that it also says here in verse 6. Notice what verse 6. John was told that the line of Judah has conquered, but when he looked, what did he see it says? "When it, In verse 6, it says he looked and he saw a lamb that was slain, that appeared to be slain. He saw the lamb of God, the Passover lamb from Exodus that we just took and memorialized. He became the Passover lamb. He, in Isaiah, he Isaiah 53, he was the lamb led to slaughter for our sin. He's the one, when John was baptizing by the Jordan, he said, look, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the lamb of God, he... Is worthy. Listen, he said, the elder looked at him and said, stop crying. Behold Jesus. And today I tell you, stop crying. Stop weeping. There's Jesus. Some of you are going, I don't know how to have handles on that. I don't know what to do with it. All I can tell you is that when John was at his lowest, he said, stop. Behold Jesus. And I want you to know, when we get our eyes on Jesus, what you're weeping about, what you are struggling with, what you are... I, Jesus, does anybody know? Jesus says, yes, look at me. Behold me. You see, weeping happens when we focus on the problem. Not the Lamb of God. He is the lifter of our heads. And today, my prayer is, is that your head will be lifted and you will see Jesus. Because in him there is hope. Notice that the lamb, it says that the lamb had seven horns. In the Bible, horns represent power and authority. Remember seven, complete, full. This lamb had complete authority. It says that he had seven, uh, that he had uh, seven eyes that he could see everything. It means that he knows all, he sees all. says that he had the seven spirits of God. That means he has the fullness of the spirit. He was God himself. He was omnipotent. He was omnipotent. He was all powerful. He was omniscient. He could see everything. He knows everything. This is the one who was deemed worthy. He's the one. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember, okay, do you remember where was the scroll? This is the talkback time right here. Where was the scroll? It's in the right hand. Do you remember what the right hand is? Authority, power, the lamb, the son of God, the root of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah. What does it say that he did there? It said that he walked up and he took it out of the hand of God. Folks, that is Power. That's audacity. And when I say audacity, it showed that he is God. He is the one. He is the one who inherited everything. He is God himself. And folks, listen, whatever you're facing right now, some of you are going, you got to back down a little bit. Do you have some coffee this morning? (laughs) Folks, I just want you to hear that whatever you're facing, whatever it is, whatever you're weeping over, whatever it is that your heart is going, I don't know what to do. Stop your weeping. Behold Jesus. Look at him. Some of you are in pain today. Look to Jesus. I talked to a man this week on the phone, and he said he's been in so much pain, and he said, you know what the thing that I've learned this week, what I've learned through all of this? Struggling. He said, God has drawn me to the word, and I've realized that the word is everything. It's pointed me to Jesus. And at 2 a.m. when I'm walking the floor, I'm just reading the word and I'm being filled up. You know why? Because his eyes are no longer on the pain. It's on Jesus. Did the pain just go away? No, it's still there, but that's not the focus anymore. It's behold the lamb of God. He is worthy. I want you to hear this. Without Christ, we're hopeless. With Christ, there's hope. Believer today in here right now, I'm speaking to you, believer. You think, you feel hopeless at some point. I want you to know there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. Look with me in verses 8 through 14 and we close up. Well, let me rephrase that. We're we're gonna start the way home. (laughs) Verses 8 through 14. And when he... Jesus, the root of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Passover lamb, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. you remember the incense in the temple that would keep burning so it'd be a fragrant smell? you know what the incense are today for us? It's our prayers, it's our praise that we continually bring to him. That's why we ask God, may our prayers, may our praise be a sweet aroma to you. Verse nine, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Verse 11, verse 11, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads. Myriads means tens of thousands, tens of thousands. So you have tens of thousands of tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. It's innumerable. They can't, I mean, you can't, they can't be numbered the amount of angels that are there. Saying with a loud voice, not quietly, not prim and proper, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature, I want you to catch this, I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them, that is everything. That's Everything saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. They worshiped. Folks, listen, we see the throne room. We see the throne. He is worthy. We see on the throne, the one with the right hand, the scroll, the judgments, the salvation, who is it that can take it? Only the Lamb of God. And all of creation cries out. Notice there he talks about the four living creatures, the 24 elders, they sang a new song. And it says, who, it says, because he ransomed people. Notice this, okay? This is technical, but this is good stuff right here. Notice he said, people from every tribe and nation, people and language. Notice that's four. Remember last week, four, we talked about how it's a symbol of creation. And did you notice the four things there? tribe, language, people, and nation. That means all. Now, what you need to be careful of here, that doesn't mean that everyone's gonna be saved. Notice he said people, not all peoples. He didn't say all tribes, all languages, all nations. He says that he ran some people. That's very specific people. That's particular people. There are definite people that he's talking about here. And I want you to hear this. If you're in this room and you do not know Jesus Christ today, he is calling you. If you're sitting in this room today and you know Jesus Christ, you are a part of that particular people because there was a particular day at a particular moment when he particularly chose you. He called you. He opened your eyes. You didn't do anything for it. He chose you. That should be overwhelming to us. He loved us that much that he had a plan written long before the foundation of the earth for you to be saved, and I want you to hear this today. So I've had people ask me before. Do you mean to tell me that that means that that uh, it, what, what if I what if I want to call what if I want to call out to God and He hasn't chosen me? Listen, the fact that you want to call out to Him means that He has chosen you. The Scripture says, "Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." Anyone who calls on Him, and the fact that you call on Him means that you are particularly chosen by Him. And today, I want you to hear me. I am pleading with you, which is my job. Come to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. He's calling you. I need one more cup of coffee today. (laughs) If you're online today, listen, I want you to know that calls to you also. I would encourage you, if you would, you could text in the number 615-551-9800, I think email me. Tell your friend, if, you, if you're in this room and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, when you leave here, I want you to go out the doors, turn to the left. It's probably, maybe it's your right. No, it would be your left as you're going out too. Turn to the left. I'm going to be standing there. I want to talk to you. I want you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know him. Very important that you know him. Here's another thing. If you're a believer in this room today, If you are a believer in this room today, we love to think about the grace of God, but we can't fully understand the grace of God until we fully understand that at one point, the wrath of God was laid against us also. And it was Jesus Christ who took the full punishment of our sin. He, I want you to hear this, his life wasn't taken from him. He laid it down willingly so that you and I might know Jesus so that we might know God, have a right relationship with him. That's why the elder looked and said, behold the Lamb of God, he is worthy. He went and claimed the inheritance. That's why there is hope today, is because Jesus is alive. He is alive. And did you realize that we're reigning with him? The scripture tells us not just that we will reign one day, we're reigning today. Did you realize that he has set up, this is when it talks about in the scripture that we've been made a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. When God set up Adam and Eve in the garden, you know what their job was to do? To multiply and have dominion, to take over, to rule and to reign, to spread his glory among the people. Sin entered into the world that was broken. Jesus came at the right time, the fullness of God. He laid his life down. And today, if we have surrendered our lives to him, do you know what we get to do? We get to rule and reign with him today, today. Do you know how we do that? By sharing Jesus with others. When we share Jesus with others, when people come to know Christ, you know what's happening? You're pushing back darkness. You're reclaiming land. You are reclaiming land. Land. You are spreading his rule and reign wherever it is that you go. Listen, as an ambassador of the, United States of, the uh, United States of America, you're headed to another country. Do you realize you don't get to choose what you talk about and what you say? You don't get to make up your own policies. What your job is there is to represent the administration and the United States. Do you know what your job is as a follower of Jesus? To speak this word, to claim him as the behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what our job is. And when we do that, we are reigning with him. I think Christians today many times believe that reigning with him and ruling with him is having the right president and the right government. I want you to hear this. There is no president. There is no government. There's no no Congress that represents us. It is Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that. Now, what that means is, is that we better start acting like the followers of Christ we've been called to be. You can put your feet down. I'm through walking on them. (laughs) Last is this, is that there is hope in Christ. When there's hope in Christ, it should lead us to worship Christ. It should lead us to worship him. This chapter ends with all, kind, with all of creation. Did you notice that? All of creation. All of cre- everything, heaven, earth, under the earth, in the sea. It says they were all crying out. All of them. The scripture tells us that one day every knee will bow. Do you realize the scripture tells us in Romans that all the world, all the earth is groaning out. That if we hold back praise, it says the rocks will cry out says that all of them, look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, worthy is the lamb who was slain. I wanna stop right here because the number seven, you need to catch this in here. You need to catch this. There's sevenfold praise right here. Look at it. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. You know what that means? Complete, full. There's nobody else that should get what he gets. Nobody else should get that. Nobody. And you can't read that. It is difficult to read this when you go power and wealth and wisdom and might. Listen, this right here is a voice of praise when we read it out to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Listen, the cross was viewed as a sign of weakness. You know what the cross was? It was the power of God. It was the power of God. The cross displayed poverty in that world. Do you know what it displayed for us? It displayed for us the richness of Christ for you and me. The cross was a sign of foolishness to those who were perishing, but it is the wisdom of God. The cross was a picture of shame, but it is the highest honor for Christ. The cross was a place of deep disgrace, but it revealed the glory of God's grace in our lives. For us. And what happens here? They cry out, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And the angels invite us to sing with them. If we follow Jesus Christ and we're being invited into this chorus, we shouldn't just be doing this all the time. That does not mean that we have to be as expressive as some. But our voices and our lips need to sing out. I want you to think about it for a moment, what this represented to the Christians in those first century. And I want you to think about it with us. It meant that Christ was supreme, not Caesar. They couldn't bow their knee to him. It meant that even though things looked bad, that God was going to bring judgment. Everything was going to be rectified. All things would be made new. All things would be made new. God would vindicate them. And it concludes with the proper response. What was it? It was the elder or the the, the creatures saying, Amen, and the elders bowing down in worship, saying, He is worthy. And today, listen, today, if you're weeping, weep no more. What you're facing is real. I want you to hear it. I'm not making light of it. We're facing things today that we never thought. my, My grandparents would look at some of the things we're facing today and going, I don't even understand what you're talking about. They're real. But I want you to hear Jesus is enough. He is sufficient. What you're facing, he knows. He died for it. He will walk you through it. I promise you, to use an old and trite statement, preachery thing, is that if he brought you to it, he's gonna bring you through it. You know why it's trite? Because it's true. It's been overused, but it's true. They sang a brand new song. Today, in just a moment, we're going to sing. And I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus, I'm asking you to, would you surrender your life to him? If you're going, I don't fully understand what that means, I want to talk to you and come see me. Send an email in. We'll meet with you. We'll talk with you. I'll go back and forth online. I want you to know Jesus Christ as Savior. If you are a save, a, a one who has already been saved, and you're weeping, we want to walk with you. We want to be the people who come alongside you to help you know there is hope in Jesus. And if today you have already found that hope, then it's time for us to worship him with everything we have. Our voices, our praise, our prayers, which are the incense of the people, the finances that he's given us, because when we do that, we push back the darkness. Light breaks through. You know that, you've experienced it. Father, I love you and I honor you and I thank you so much. Jesus, you are worthy, you alone. And God, I pray that there might be hope today in people. God, I pray that today, that as we've looked into your throne room again, as we've seen that scroll and that there is one who is worthy. Thank you, Jesus, for living a life, for dying a death, for paying a price that I could not pay. I trust you, I magnify you. I'm asking you today, Holy Spirit, would you save people? In this room, would you point people to Jesus Christ? Online, would you point people to Jesus Christ? Would you lead them to surrender their lives to you? Holy Spirit, I'm asking if there are believers in here who are burdened, who are broken, who are downhearted, would you be the lifter of their head and say, look, there is Jesus. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. We magnify you. In the name of Jesus, I ask these things. Amen. Won't you stand now and respond as Zion comes to lead us?